Welcome to episode 101 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined as always by Kyle Springer. Hello. Hello, Kyle. How are you? How is, I'm doing it. How's how's the how's the weekend been so, uh, so far? I had some semblance of a family meal yesterday. Okay, <laughs> where go? I ordered ta- I ordered takeout from the restaurant where my nephew works, and he was back in the kitchen where he is entirely quarantined for all of his shift, so he doesn't interact with anything else. So I didn't get to see him. But it was his penmanship writing my name on the takeout box. (laughs) And then I picked up our orders and I gave my mom her takeout box through the car window. And this was how our family was together. It's like dinner at Sonic. (laughs) 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 You guys are all like parked right next to each other. (laughs) I'm not far from a Sonic. We should have a family Sonic dinner. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. That sounds yeah. fun. Uh, I I have not had I- anything as exciting. We recorded crossplay yeah. yesterday, me and Ignacio. That was fun. But I spent most of yesterday sleeping. I was just that really tired. Good. Yeah. I was just like, I'm gonna sleep in, and then I woke up, and I ate, and then I was like, I'm gonna take a nap, and I did. <laughs> That's but high it living. It was good. Oh yeah, high living indeed. <laughs> I living indeed. What are we talking about? We are here to week. finish up our Venture Brothers series. We've been checking mm-hmm. in with the series one episode a month uh, until we've finished all of it. And now we are here well, today to discuss it, w- one episode of the podcast per month. month. Yes, <laughs> it's us. The one episode is us. <laughs> if, we, if we covered the series one episode per month, we would be here for years. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. But today we are talking about seasons five, six, and seven. They were all kind of short seasons. And this now catches us up with the series. This will be our last yeah. episode until they do season eight, whenever that might happen. Yeah. This is part three of mm-hmm. our Venture Brothers coverage. And I'm sure whenever season eight comes out, I'm sure we'll do something yeah. covering that now. Um but Melissa, I want to just start things off by saying I was pretty much right about one of yeah. my predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am very Not excited exactly, to talk but, about this because but we're, it's very close. Uh, yes. so we'll get into that in spoilers, but I was excited. I was like, I knew it. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a fun episode because you were seeing all of this for the first time. And mm-hmm. I had seen all the way up through season six, and then I'd wanted to rewatch the series before I started season seven. So season seven is brand new to me. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. This is. This was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, I I I think out of everything we've watched, seasons six and seven were my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, seven not as much, but season six in particular. I thought was stellar. I thought this was so good because I I remember in uh, our second episode covering seasons three and four, 
um, mm-hmm. I, I was like, well, like I want them to br- branch out and start yeah. doing their own thing. It's about t- time. But some of the things I'm seeing them do, I just don't really like. I'm not as into and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, season five, six, and seven continued that. And it got more into a direction that I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. This is so good, g- good, and it is stellar. So I, I am mm. so happy, and this show is fantastic. So Yes, <laughs> they really shake things up for season six and seven in really do, exciting yeah. ways. And I think it was good to watch all of this show in like such quick succession over the last couple months. Mm-hmm. Because looking at season seven, there's a lot of very specific callbacks to really things from episode two. Episode two of the entire series is a major factor in the season seven opener. Nobody remembers that episode. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Uh, So again, I I guess we don't have to go super in detail, but maybe if we want to give a quick plot synopsis, if someone is just checking us uh, out for... Our thoughts on season seven or something, and did, did, has has not w- 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 watched the rest of our coverage. Should we just do a quick synopsis as normal? Yeah, yeah. The Venture Brothers is an Adult Swim cartoon that has been running since two thousand four, two thousand five. It is a it's Adult Swim's longest running continuous show. And it started off as a Johnny Quest spoof about a super scientist dad and his two sons and their bodyguard that would go on these globe-trotting, fantastic, cartoonish adventures. And they were being pursued by a super villain who had a a really specific grudge on the dad and nobody knew why. So it starts there. And then it starts just becoming more of its own thing. It's still got that Johnny Quest takeoff aspect to it, but it... Spoofs of like Scooby Doo yeah. and Spider Man and the Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four. And yeah, lots of other all stuff. sorts of stuff. James Bond and yeah, things like that. So, so it's got a lot of pop culture pastiche, but the show also develops its own deep mythology. It's still really character based. Like you're mm-hmm. watching to see all where all these character arcs are going to go. And when we uh, in these seasons, we're watching uh, <laughs> the boys find out that they are clones. <laughs> that they uh, have died over and over again and their dad keeps cloning them and replacing their memories <laughs> so that he is like always a set of boys. He's yeah. never without boys. And this is something we have no, 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 since yes. I think like season one. Um, oh, yeah. Or, or I guess season two. But uh, yeah, it's something we've known, but this is when they are just finding that stuff out. Mm-hmm. So there's a big character change there, and the show switches settings, which shakes up the cast a lot and introduces uh, new villains, new allies, uh, and yeah. whole new conflicts for the family. Yeah, I I I liked the chain of the change of scenery mm-hmm. a little bit. I, I guess for me, it wasn't so much about the change of scenery, but it did bring the show in a new d- direction it was like mm-hmm. what if we take the show more to the 80s style stuff what if we have more like spies and like james bond and g- yeah. g- gangsters and green hornet and <laughs> right like it gets real green hornet in season it really does six. yeah um 
But I, 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 I liked the change of direction mm-hmm. quite a bit. I think yeah. it worked out well. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, I, I, I guess I don't really have anything else to add yeah, to that without really getting super right. spoilery. It's tricky to get any more specific than that because, you know, uh, I don't want to spoil the reason why there is a setting change. Yeah. Um. Well, let's let's do our housekeeping, and then we will yeah. dive right into spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, we have multiple podcasts here on the Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find out more information about all of them on our website, thewhatnots.com, uh, or on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in the Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. Uh, we do have a Patreon. If you like what mm-hmm. we do, you can support us over there. Patreon.com slash the whatnots. Uh, you guys can get episodes early. You guys can get access to the live streams of this show. Um, you guys can get all sorts of exclusive content at the $3 tier. And we also want to give a big shout out to our Patreon mm-hmm. supporters at the $5 tier. So thank you, Sam, for helping us out uh, and and keeping the mics on. We appreciate it tons. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. House has been kept, except yep. we probably should mention, since this is yeah. a- 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 episode 101, uh, that we just had our big episode 100 celebration last week, mm-hmm. uh, in which you and I compared and contrasted our favorite superhero movies, or, or what we thought was the best yes. superhero movies we watched spider-man 2 uh d- d- directed by sam raimi starring toby mcguire mm-hmm. uh and captain america the winter soldier directed by the russo brothers so it was good it was a lot of fun i yeah that was a good debate that one mm-hmm. exactly yeah so go go check that out that was a really fun one and uh mm-hmm. shout out to us for making yeah, it to yes, to us episodes to us, aha! <laughs> so, there we go. House has been kept. Yep. Uh, I I should also. I mean, I, I guess I don't need to, but I broke my chair, and so I I I feel like oh. I'm leaning forward a bunch and and slouching. Uh, and I have since purchased a new one. Oh, good. It's not here yet. It's a big yeah. fancy one. When I g- get it, I'll be a real gamer. Uh, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be great. <laughs> you sprung for the gamer chair? I, I did, yeah. I spent way <laughs> too much money. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be working from home for the foreseeable right. future. I'm going to be in this chair a lot and mm. podcasting and doing all that stuff. I might as well just get one that's a nice one. So, it's worth it. There we go. But Okay, spoilers. Let's see if... Yeah. It worked. Okay. 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 I think. Um, We are in spoiler territory now. So let's talk about Dr. Venture and the Monarch. Yes. Because I have been real cagey whenever you have brought up the fact that it's like, it looks like they are related. Because I'd seen up through season six and it was still like getting closer to that. But I'm like, I don't. Are they going to pull away from this? Like, it's so clear 
I almost wondered if the creators were like, no, it's too obvious. We're going to turn this into something else. Yeah, or if like that was the j- 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 yeah. joke of like you they just happen to look they exactly are brothers like each and they're other. not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, everybody sees it. Like going back through the series, like uh, the, when the monarch crashes the prom, and hatred's like, yeah. "Well, if you're gonna crash the prom, you have to put you in a suit." And he looks at him, and he's like, "You're about a size, Doc." Or in yeah. the Blue Morpho series, when Billy sees the Blue Morpho, and he's like. Oh, that's Rusty Venture. And it's like, well, that's his hero. Like, we got to trust Billy. If Billy thinks that's Rusty, he's got to be correct. Yeah. So my prediction was that uh, Dr. Venture and the Monarch were like long lost Mm -hmm. brothers and they didn't know. Maybe one of them was stolen as a baby and their their dad just never really got around to explaining it because they were all so young (laughs) or who knows what. Or like they got their minds wiped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just some way, somehow it's like I they they have the same beard. They have the same (laughs) like facial structure. Like they just they look exactly the same. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I was almost right i was like 90 percent right uh, i've i like yeah uh same dad different moms yes. is is what we can kind of gather but we still have no idea who rusty's mom is we we see uh the monarch's mom we don't know much about her but we we see her she speaks she is a person rusty's mom's still like a complete blank piece of this puzzle that is true um but yeah, there's this like weird sequence of events when um, Jonas Venture mm. is with the original Blue Morpho, and they're like about to have sex with these two women just because. And then after afterwards, the Blue Morpho is complaining that him and his wife are trying to have a kid and it's not working and all mm-hmm. that stuff and then he just has this little line that really imp- implies it's yeah like, well what if i have sex with your wife instead <laughs> like <laughs> I, I i can have kids so uh and i was just like i knew it <laughs> that right. bastard <laughs> and what he says is like well bring her by my laboratory they're doing amazing yeah. things with fertility these days and he's like so, i bet i could solve this problem it's like Where it's my sort science of vague, is like fertile <laughs> yeah yeah it's like does uh, the man monarch always believe to be his dad does he know at the outset of this he might be taking that at face value like oh my friend jonas the super scientist he's going to fix whatever thing may be yeah. medically wrong with my wife like <laughs> he's such a dick like he's just betray like betraying his friend kind of but uh-huh. also like here you wanted a kid i gave you a kid didn't i yeah it's it's a weird thing because that is what we're led to believe it seems mm. the most correct it it seems like that is what happened but i think the creators have also still given themselves some leeway if yeah. they want to change things or pull a fast one and be like psych this actually has nothing to do with them there was this <laughs> other time that you know <laughs> um which it, who knows that might be something we find out in season eight whenever that comes out. Right. Another big piece of information they drop in season seven is that 
Dr. Venture himself is a clone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that he, he is not the original one. Right. And we don't know more specifically than that. Like it's, you can infer from it that it's the exact same, like Jonas did the same thing to him that he was doing to Hank and Dean, just like replacing him every time he died. Yeah. But we don't know for sure. Like, we can only assume he is a clone of the original version of himself, but if he's like a clone of his dad, if he's a clone of the monarch or somebody, yeah. th that would explain why there's that big blank space where his mom would be. Yeah, that 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 would indeed. That would be kind of wild if uh, the monarch basically finds out he's arching himself <laughs> or like he's the only i've been my own worst enemy <laughs> that would be good that'd be good <laughs> yeah i love the the series of well there's one venture son Okay, now he has this weird twin that came out of his body. There's two Venture Sons. There's this third other mysterious Venture Son. And then you look at the next generation, it's like, well, there's Hank and Dean. And Dermot. And dozens <laughs> of clones of Hank and Dean. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 good stuff. I I, lo I lo like this when, when they get in into stuff like that. Because I mm -hmm. think that is one of the central mysteries of the show. Yeah. Um that is often not spoken about but there is like 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 you said there are there are hints like you look like about a size doc you know yeah and just like okay i see i see what you're doing there you're laying the seeds um it's the but, greatest joke of the series and it's greatest like emotional fulcrum yeah yeah um and and so I I I I like that because I like all the world building stuff and just mm -hmm. how, where is the actual story going? Yeah, um, and I think that is why I really liked season six and seven. I, I mm -hmm. like season five as as well, but uh, season six in particular, I was like spot on. This is so great. Yes. <laughs> Season six has a party for Tarzan, which is one of the very best episodes of the entire series. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's let's talk about season five real real yeah. quick. Because I'll be honest, I think because I liked season six so much, I almost forgot what happened in season five. <laughs> season five for me has some real high points. Uh, what color is your clean suit is a great episode. I love Spanakopita. Mm -hmm. Spanakopita is one of the best ones. I like how that season wraps up where you think Doc is dead, but the monarch huh. and Dr. And Mrs. The Monarch have kidnapped him and they're going to torture him and none of the tortures take. And the monarch's just so bummed out. He lets him go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they, 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 uh, she, like, she's, trying to make it look like this yeah. is what she's like play along i know it's not working but you know <laughs> just play along come on <laughs> uh and, and just like just make him think do it for him yeah <laughs> um, do it for me doing it for him yeah yeah and it's like it's it's good stuff they're mm -hmm. headed in a a great direction with all of that um 
yeah, I, I like the, the, I, there was just not much that I was I that I found myself latching onto. It was it was like good. They're starting to get rid of all the stuff that I didn't like in seasons mm-hmm. three and four. They're going in the right direction. They're not there yet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I got. With that yeah, one. season five's like a a piece of connective tissue between yeah. four and six. Oh, there's good stuff in season five, but I when I think looking back at the series as a whole. For me, the sweet spots are like the second half of season four and then mm-hmm. six and seven. Yeah. I'm looking at the list of episodes on Wikipedia right now to remind myself all of this stuff. So this mm-hmm. is the one when um, 21 quits. Yeah. And joins Sphinx right as Sphinx <laughs> so like he's all of sphinx and he has to try and find other guys yeah um which that one i thought was really funny that he put out an ad on craigslist to to recruit for sphinx and the only people that respond are the original sphinx members (laughs) is this this a joke um and and that d- 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 doesn't really work out for him. We see some mm. more stuff. Yeah, there is the whole um, like more stuff about the OSI mm-hmm. and learning more about that. Let's see what was happened in this one. Bot seeks bot. Oh, bot seeks um, bot is a, this is an episode I've mentioned a couple times. This mm-hmm. is the one where the two robots go on a date. Yeah, And I've brought this up as an example of how the show will take these real seemingly insignificant things that just the creators find really funny uh-huh. and they'll just indulge themselves and build a whole episode out of that. But you look back at Bot Seeks Bot and it's like, oh, that was, that was the monarch's dad, like the guy he thought was his dad. Like, Yeah. Like the whole time behind one of those robots was like, Jonas Venture's greatest failure (laughs) and when he's like knocked he's broken at the end of the episode he's like knocked down and like his circuits are kind of frying and he starts reliving his last moments as Mr. Fitzcarraldo he's like the plane is going down honey where is my wife where is my son yeah yeah I I I mean, this is something I n- notice, but it stands out more in hindsight. That character's name is Vendetta, which is a play yeah. on Vendetta, but it also starts with Ven, like Venture. Yes! And, and so it's just like, ugh, I get it. I see it it's now. It's all there. <laughs> it's all right in front of me. There's so much nuance in this show. Like, I've... Uh, and his name you know, before that was something else with a Venturian. Ventur- yeah, see, same yeah. thing. Yeah, this poor guy's had like three different identities. Oh man. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. So, season five ends with we we kind of see uh, JJ died that that's the one that it starts yes. with him like in the middle of the de- 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 desert right at that's the how crash season, site that's how season seven opens 
is a flashback to when he was still alive and he finds uh, the wreck of the Gargantua one in the desert, not knowing that when he's looking at the problem light, he's looking at his own father and like Jonas's memory in there. This is what's so heartbreaking about Jonas's head in the problem light. It's just been sitting there. An amazing twist. (laughs) It's so silly and so effective at the same time because he's like this sort of pseudo half electronic consciousness stuck in this computer box. Right. And he looks out and like he recognizes his old friends, you know, like Colonel Gentleman and the Action Man, and he recognizes Rusty, but like he has no idea JJ is his son. And yeah. he looks at Hank and Dean and he thinks they're just, you know, oh, they're recruits for the space program. Like he doesn't know those are his grandsons. Like he's so close to his family and he has mm-hmm. no idea. And if he did have any idea, what would he even do? <laughs> he doesn't seem to be a particularly caring man. He has these fleeting moments of tenderness. Like when the monarch shows up, he recognizes him. He looks over and he's like, Malcolm. Yeah. Like he knows that's his son. <laughs> he's like, what? What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> Your name is Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm the monarch. <laughs> Funny stuff. Um, yeah, uh, all this in Gargantua Two is the episode where JJ dies. That's a that's a neat episode. That does a lot, and like everybody is in it. Yeah, that's the start of season six. <laughs> yeah, like kind of a bridge between season five and season six, and that's why the show moves to New York. JJ's died, and what he's left his brother is uh, a bunch of company assets in like the company tower in New York City. Yeah. Um, before we get into season six, the mm. last thing I want to mention about season five, um, is the whole, the whole thing about, um, Hank or, or that, that Dean has now learned that they are clones. Yes. Um, cause that, that whole scene is weird. It, 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 it was kind of like their Halloween episode. Yeah ish and uh hank and dermot are trying to scare dane who's being kind of a dick uh and or they're all being dicks but in their own way um and they send him to go check out the i forget what they're called some fields and their father has it's always been like don't go over there they call it a potter's field, uh, which I guess is a, a sort of a term for like a masked, unmarked graveyard. Like over sure. the years, this is where Brock has gone to bury like every dead minion he's had to destroy. Every henchman's back there. And there's an old man who lives in a house on the outskirts of that field. So they get confused and they're like, oh, that's Potter. His name is Par- Potter. And he's like, my name is Ben. I think you're confused. He's just some <laughs> random old guy. He's right? just sitting there. He, uh, yeah, and they're just like, we, we've always been told to avoid you. He's like, well, my name's Ben, so I don't, <laughs> like, I have nothing to do with this. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just happens to live, like, right next to, to it. So they just but as- assumed is... it was like, oh, well, there, is, mm-hmm. there is something there. I mean, he's not entirely random. Yeah. 
but he is just this like forgotten character that we have not known until then (laughs) (laughs) the show does this this is also with um it's like what happened with everybody comes to hanks where it's like yeah we all know dermot's sister nikki and hanks crush on her it's like we we haven't but i buy that i buy that this has been happening for a while sure and then that angle of the family comes in and is a huge game changer and it's the same thing with this guy he was like an old science partner of jonas's and like he like knew rusty growing up and like knows that he knows that everybody's a clone he knew that the boys were clones so he tells this to dean and he knew that rusty was a clone and he told his robot like he's got another model of a helper which was really Mm -hmm. fun to see. And there's an episode later where Dean goes back to try and visit him and he's not there, but he just talks to the helper the whole time. And the helper like talks to Dean about being a clone. And then at the end when they're saying goodbye, he's like, well, goodbye, Rusty. And Dean's like, oh no, he thought I was my dad. And that means my dad is a clone too. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so I yeah I I I liked the direction that series five was going, but again, season six, I was like, yes, this is good. Yeah. I like this one. I I um, dig it a lot. I like the the setting change because the show is made by New Yorkers, and to have it set in their own city, I think really makes it, it helps come alive. Lot. Like everything feels really loving and specific. The production values step up a whole lot. Seasons. Mm-hmm. The show keeps looking better and better, and season six and seven are particularly gorgeous. Yeah, they, they the animation looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot more love and care, I'm sure, because that's the thing. The show has always been really good. Yeah. But it like they just keep finding their niche of being like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. great stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and they 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 keep just like focusing in on 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 that and i don't know how long they plan to keep making the show but i could see it going for five more seasons yeah you know? and they can just keep coming up with new stuff and i think they've progressed the show um and enough with hank and dean growing older mm-hmm. and going to college and stuff like that and how that changes the dynamic of this show but at the same time like it's still it's still them going on stupid adventures and being mixed mm-hmm. up with arch enemies and 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 stuff like that um like i i i i really think that they could continue the show for a lot longer and it would do yeah. spectacularly it's it is so rich and the mythology stuff is really satisfying and they're good at I guess good. Like they meter it out really slowly. Like mm-hmm. it has yeah. taken us seven seasons to get a scrap of identity about Hank and Dean's mom. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Um, so season six, they're in New York. They have mm-hmm. Ventec Towers. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> like the alarm c- 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 clock that Dr. Vandra <laughs> v- v- has. It he hasn't re programmed it so it's still this like this hologram of jj being like good morning to me (laughs) (laughs) like it's time to wake up (laughs) (laughs) um there's there's all of that stuff they all have their own like fancy rooms yeah uh oh brock is is off at college brock is back as the main 
bodyguard now. He was off yep. with like the OSI and Sphinx for like two seasons. But now the Dr. Ventures come into all of this money and all this company power. The OSI is kind of watching over him is like, he needs a high level bodyguard again. Like we can't just have hatred keep doing this. You can be the front desk man, hatred. Right? <laughs> He's still completely loyal, just manning the desk all the time, still trying to be active in the boy's life. Yeah. He's trying. He's just yeah. not good. Mm, like, and that is also one of the things that I liked about this. We don't see Dermot much anymore. Like I don't mm -hmm. I don't remember besides that Halloween episode in season five we don't really see him again no, until i think like late in season six right or is like early season seven when he shows back up and he's a new recruit for uh what's their names osi yeah uh he's in season five a little bit more like there's the episode where they break into the mental institution where myra is and that's the episode True. that kind of closes out that option as no, she's not the boy's mom. Like, we're kind of putting a pin in that thing. Yeah. He's in that one. And that's the one where, uh, like, Dr. Orpheus gets involved. And he was, like, trying to find out where the boys are. And he's like, I seek a venture boy in need. And he appears and it's like, oh, it's Dermot. And so this is how <laughs> Dermot gets clued into. Yeah. Am I a venture? Is that guy my dad? Like Dermot figures he doesn't know that his sister is his mom and his mom is his grandma, but he knows who his he knows who his dad is now. And all of that stuff has been like happening in the background, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like season four and five lead you to believe that's going to be a bigger plot point than it is. And it's still being addressed just like off screen like when he shows up as an osi recruit he mentions like yeah my dad got me this job as long as i don't tell anybody that we're related yeah. so doc and dermot have come to some sort of terms with each other and then in the last episode of season seven where dean is talking to hank in the coma he's like did you know dermot is our half brother and like that's his mom dad got drunk once and told me which is again completely off screen all this stuff happens off screen and yeah. like even like we were talking about like the rest of dermot's family and like ben out in the potter's field like all this stuff is like only introduced as soon as it becomes necessary but you look at it and you buy all of it like yes i believe that that happened i believe it and i'm also thankful it happened mm -hmm. that way I, I think if I liked Dermot more and I was more invested in his story, I would be mm -hmm. upset that it's like, it happened off screen? Come on, <laughs> like, show me that stuff. But I, I just don't like him. I think he's a <laughs> terrible character. Um, and I, I, I liked that he didn't show up as much in season six and seven. I was like, oh, thank God. I like <sighs> how he's used, though. Like, him sh being an OSI recruit makes a lot makes of sense. sense. Like, I'm like, oh, good for you. That seems like a place where, you know, you would fit in and that would kind of shape you up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with hatred. Mm -hmm. I just He's not an interesting character to mm -hmm. me. So I like that. It's like, sure, he's a good joke. You know, he's, 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 he's a good gag to have there. Mm -hmm. So I like him being the... Like, still just 100% loyal, faithful yes. bodyguard, but he's only the front, like, the front desk 
guy he's like barely a, sec- a security guard he's like a mix be- be- between that <laughs> and a receptionist <laughs> right and he's also like the Ventec tower is filled with all of these relics of venture family past going all the way back to like doc's great great grandfather yeah. so it's filled with all these you know exhibits and he leads tours museum security guard so i i i was thankful for that that stuff um the stuff that i really enjoyed about season six and seven uh was more of the guild of calamitous intent stuff of just like finally learning more about them and who they are and what they are um, and this whole I- I- idea that because Venture came into all of this money, he is now like, like for someone to to arch him, it needs to be our top of the line villain. Yeah. So, Doctor Monarch, sorry, you're not <laughs> our top of the line villain. Um, and so he has to like find some way to get back to arching the to to get back to arching the adventure and so there's this whole plot of like he finds this bat cave underneath yeah. his new new a new ha- house and inside are the the suits for the blue morpho and kato which is their 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 their, their spoof on green <laughs> hornet <laughs> um and so he he takes up that mantle with the idea of like what if I killed these other supervillains till I work my way up the basically till there are no other yeah. supervillains above me? <laughs> mm-hmm. And by default, I will have to have to arch Doctor Venture. And so I I I loved that. I loved the whole mystery behind that of like who is doing this and uh, Doctor Misses the Monarch uh has to has to like like she's dealing with that in her work uh mm-hmm. w- w- what's their names the 13th the like yeah they were of... originally they were originally the council of 13 and this yes. is something else that happens in all this in gargantua too is that like the the sovereign kind of turns on the guild and it's completely dissolved there's like not even there's a handful of them left and they're trying to make a new council and they're like well we don't have 13 of us but that was the sovereign's idea in the first place we have like old old guild paperwork from before that that says it doesn't matter how many of us there are we can do it with like six and a watch and ward at the kids table yeah <laughs> and they're like woohoo <laughs> <laughs> We've made it, um, <laughs> but like I, I, I like that she has to deal with all, all, all of that without knowing that that's yeah. what the monarch is doing. Um, it, it, it just makes the whole story and the whole plot of what is happening in season five a lot more complicated because mm. you have you have monarch's story you have mrs monarch's story you have uh dr adventures storyline you have hank and dean's story line about them in college and uh one of them finding love and then the other one kind of sleeping with her eventually (laughs) and you know and like there's just there's so much happening Mm -hmm. and it, it, it just it's packed and yes. I love it. I was like, this season, is great. This is so good. 
Season six is so tight. Like I was talking about a party for Tarzan, which is one of the tightest episodes of the series. I think like you can see all of these things like it's one of the episodes that like starts at the end and then it works its way back to the beginning and loops around. Mm -hmm. And you can see every single piece of setup being laid out, like even the most insignificant props and happenstances all align for this. But the New York season does is that I think it puts a lot of characters in really tight spaces, sort of like you've got mm -hmm. Ventec Tower and then across the street, you've got where Wide Whale and Serena live. And then the monarchs aren't too far away. Like everything's right there and it's like twisting in on itself really tightly. Yeah. And then it gets it even more like that as more characters come in. Like I think they have to kind of move everybody to New York. It's like, well, uh, the Billy and White are going to move there and the Order mm -hmm. of the Triads going to move there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I think the Fictals are the only characters like left in the dust. The Fictals and like the rest of the impossibles. Like Sally's living on her island, hopefully peacefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to mention Wide Whale. Yeah. Because that was one of the ones that you were like, things are calling back to season one and all of that stuff. And yeah, the whole thing with the Wide Whale and his kind of like vendetta i guess you could say yeah. against the monarch is that in what it was season one uh no it's season three it's season, season three, three like a after he's gotten married and dr mrs the monarch's like we're not doing venture anymore like we're gonna find you a new arch like we need a clean start here that's right and they try and arch this guy named dr dugong who's like just the softest most like ineffectual superhero and the monarch completely goes off on him and just destroys this man in their just first fight. Him. Right. And it's like an episode that you don't really, like it's not terribly remarkable until season six when they bring in that guy's brother. Yeah. Which is the wide whale. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, and I have been like working for this moment for so mm -hmm. long because you killed my brother and obliterated right. him. And, all, you, you know, it's just, it's, it was just like, this is good. I like yeah. that. Like they are, they, they have found, they've really found their footing on like how to build up all of these characters in the right way where I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. This is good. Oh, that connects to this thing back then. Yes. I love that, you know? And there's so. so many echoes. Like we have another case of, uh, I'm doing something on behalf of my brother and you're also fighting your brother, kind of. We are going to come to find out. Like, there's yeah. all these echoes and patterns of things. And one of the other Indeed. arches that they tried when it's like, you can't arch Dr. Venture. Maybe you can arch the other Dr. Venture. And like, he fights JJ for an episode where it's like, yeah, you were fighting your brother then too. <laughs> exactly. Um, Okay, I wanted to talk about the opening three episodes of season yes. seven. Because these, I think, were some of their best episodes, period. Uh, it's an absolute high what you point. just said of just, like, how tight it all is and how they're right. all, like, intertwining. Um, I, you, so you, you texted me and, mm. and was like, hey, the first three 
episodes in season seven is basically all one story. If you Mm -hmm. can watch those all back to back to back. I was able to watch the first two Mm -hmm. uh, and then I I watched that the that third one that 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 next day. But it kind of works out because the first two are the most closely intertwined. Yeah. And they're like the third is like parallels to each other time wise. And then the third is like the aftermath of mm-hmm. that stuff. So it it worked out. But I loved what they did because you, you said yes. we have Venta Towers. And then on the opposite side of the street, we have the Wide Wales Tower. I guess they're like penthouse. Yeah. And this is part of where the whole blue morpho storyline is coming to a finish yeah. um all right i guess kind of because it's some yeah. stuff still happens after that but dr and mrs the monarch is about to take the shot on the blue morpho or who they think is the blue morpho uh because they're they're in the outfit yeah. and at the start of season seven we see them take the shot and it looks like they kill him and we know that the blue morpho has 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 been the the monarch and so we're like Mm -hmm. oh no but then we come to find out that that's actually not the monarch that's dr venture right this is uh as the monarch because this isn't a party for tarzan this is like the second to last episode of season six and I was listening to the commentary and they're like, we tried so hard to like rearrange little bits of continuity so that this so that this could be the season six finale, but we couldn't quite close it. So that's why it's like this giant episode that's the second to last one. And then there's the finale, which is also yeah. good, but far less epic than that preceding yeah. episode is. Yeah. Um, but goodness gracious. <gasps> it, it, it Like all of that comes into a head. There's the whole computer Virus yes. of all of Ventech Towers is shaking and wobbling, and they're like, "What is going on?" Like, there, there's just chaos. And I'm yes, like, this is great. It is great. <laughs> I'll tell you what I love about that trilogy of episodes is it. So they think the house is haunted because it's Jonas's spirit inside the computer that's like connected to all the stuff in the tower. And they're like, it's haunted. We have a something. <laughs> like Dean thinks it's haunted, so he calls Doctor Orpheus in. And then Doc's like, no, it's like a computer glitch problem. And he puts Billy and White on it. And everything starts freaking out. And Billy's like, I'm out of here, White. You can stay and figure this out if you want. And like later, <laughs> like you lose him for a while. And then suddenly at the end of the episode, he bursts out like he's all sweaty. Like he's got his jacket tied around his waist. He's holding an axe. And he's like, that's the problem. And he like slashes Jonas in half like everything keeping Jonas alive he just attacks with an axe yeah it's like I really like that because I love white but he he's the least protagonist out of any of these characters he's the character who's like the most prevalent while having the least to do like this is something I've figured out like oh Billy's a protagonist Billy gets to do things white does not it's like oh he actually gets to yeah, it's like you yeah, actually get the, to do something. He's the sidekick of a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like that. Um, and I like that this, yeah. like the ultimate downfall of Jonas Venture is like his son's 
college friend who keeps hanging around and like nobody knows who he is or why he's there. And another thing that's great about those episodes, we were talking about how like tight it is. I noticed like they are specifically keeping track of physically where everybody is. Like you see all of these wide shots and it's okay. We remember that's where Billy and White are standing. That's where Hatred's standing. That's where Jefferson Twilight is standing. I'm like, this is all so consistent. You didn't lose anybody. I would, I would love to see them planning this one out. And like yes. all the like maps and charts and models mm-hmm. they have of like okay, here <laughs> they have a vantage point right there you know and it's 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 these it's are like everyone's whole, like, sight lines yeah yeah it, it's 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 some like big JFK style like well this guy's standing <laughs> over here he can sit you know you know the butter the dish guy represents on, on, the tank. on the lawn but who is the cameraman and uh, you know and, <laughs> I those are great like they kind of rewrite. They don't rewrite the history, but it goes back to episode two, which is <laughs> not much of an episode. Like early season one is still like pretty rough. They're still figuring things out. And it goes back to this like otherwise forgettable episode. And it's like, no, this was extremely important the entire time. That throwaway line the side character had, that is now a major plot point. This is one of our biggest mysteries going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's not to say season one or season two were bad. It no. was just like they're they're still fantastic for what they were. This, yeah, this show has has just transformed so so much that like looking back, you're like ah, uh, simpler times. Right, like it keeps <laughs> eclipsing itself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Let's see. You sent me some extra information in this core. Let's start covering that stuff. Yeah. Well, I uh, sent you the Duran Duran video. Yeah, so so let, let's talk a little bit more about uh Billy Quizboy and his 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 arch nemesis. Yeah. I was say his adventure. Um <laughs> he is part of the team. Nemesis. Oh, and another thing we find out is that his mom, this is something we also get in season five, is that we meet Billy's mom. His mom is great. And she's amazing. And she also used to be a superhero who was fighting alongside original Team Venture. And it seems that Billy has no idea. Like, she's completely hidden this from him his entire life. But she can still absolutely... she also wasn't really on the show. And he was was so obsessed with the show. Right. It seems like she was just a recurring ally that would show up in the adventure series and in their real life adventures. But she like settled down, like had a kid. We don't know who Billy's dad is. I don't know if that's another mystery we get to explore if that guy matters. But yeah, she also had this whole super vill- superhero life, st- like stopped it, kept it quiet, has never told her son but she still has all of these skills and can kick anybody's ass. And she's just this sweet old lady. That's like, I'm so proud of my son and his boyfriend, his handsome boyfriend. She thinks they're gay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Billy's like, well, I didn't tell her. She just came up with it and I couldn't say no. And then she sent us all those gifts. You love that (laughs) sideboard. (laughs) Which is 
there's so much going on in the series. Like, this is not plot and mythology relevant, but for two seasons, Billy and White have just been pretending to be a couple for Billy's mom. Yeah. Um, but Billy Quiz Boy ends up getting his own arch nemesis, St. Cloud. What's his first name? Augustus St. Cloud, who is a background character with two lines in the garage sale episode in season one. And he's like a background character they'll pull out. Like, I think you see him in like season three at a supervillain party. Like he's at the party where the monarch and doctor girlfriend met when they were young. <laughs> Just as a, yeah. a stock character in the background. <laughs> so he he starts uh, arching mm. Billy Quiz Bowie and all of that stuff. And he is this just kind of unassuming, <laughs> like oddly polite, uh, <laughs> but still just a complete pain in the ass yes. of, a, of an arch nemesis. Uh, and his only superpower is that he has money. <laughs> He's extremely rich, so he just tries to buy his way out of everything. Yeah, there's 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 one good scene when the monarch is like trying to train him and do all of yeah. this stuff and he's like so what are your superpowers and he's like you're cloud themed right so can you like change the weather can you make lightning and do all that stuff he's like no no he keeps saying like no i don't have I- any powers no no uh and, and then and and then finally he's like i have a lot of money <laughs> he's like that'll work we can buy everything <laughs> It is nice to see, it's a good juxtaposition to see this very, like, it's so low stakes, they take it very seriously. Yeah. Like, like they were, Billy's origin story is that he was on a TV game show, which is how he met White. Like, White was the game show host. I love that that's their origin story. They are a game <laughs> show host and contestant who ran away together. <laughs> but, like, uh... They say that St. Cloud was like one of his uh, game show opponents that he beat. And this guy is and like they've run in the same circles of like trivia and collecting things. Like one of the other major parts of the vendetta is that Billy grabbed an item off eBay that St. Cloud really wanted. (laughs) And he's got this like his lair is filled with all these collectibles. Like, yes, that is an original sea monster puppet. Yeah. He's, um, he's bought he buys helper at the beginning yeah. of season five when dr venture needs all this money and he starts selling stuff saint cloud buys it and he's bought helper and white's like he sold helper that's so cold maybe we should adopt helper so help me understand what's happening with this whole saint cloud arching <laughs> billy quiz boy with this red ball there's this weird <laughs> jo- jo- joke about this red ball, and you're like, Kyle, he, he, this is all from a Duran Duran music video. Yes. I, I I have to admit, I still haven't watched it. I was kind of waiting for you to explain all of this stuff on the show. And so then I was like, <laughs> okay, now let me go back and watch this stuff. So what what is this whole thing? In the music video for Duran Duran's song, Is There Something I Should Know?, 
it's like a weird 80s music video so it keeps flashing around in like time and space and there's this motif of this bouncing like red rubber ball so within the canon of the show billy and white have gotten this ball billy believes it to be a legitimate (laughs) magical object and saint cloud tries to steal it the whole episode is about this ball and then at the end like they wind up boxed into where it's like St. Cloud's like, I will give you the ball back if you sign over all of conjectural technologies, all of your little science corporation, like sign over your lives to me for the ball. And Billy's like, you've got a deal. (laughs) And then St. Cloud turns around and sells them to Dr. Venture for more money. So that's how they get to New York. That's how they're also part of like the Ventec Tower family. It's so dumb. (laughs) Right? Oh, something really interesting is that we've got this Duran Duran themed episode (laughs) (laughs) the last episode of season seven uh has a whole Barbarella sequence Duran Duran got their name from the movie Barbarella (laughs) the villain in Barbarella is named Durand Durand and they just cleaned that up named their band after it and went on to record such hits as Save a Prayer and Rio and The Reflex when did okay in the 60s i was gonna say when did barbarella come out so yeah it makes sense that barbarella would be something that this show pulls from especially like hey we're a spoof off of like johnny coes which was a cartoon back in the 60s and stuff like that and here is barbarella from 68 you know um despite this these like this last chunk of seasons being more 80s themed i felt like or or like late 70s Mm -hmm. um themed with all of the like spy stuff well i don't know i i because like i i if they're pulling from spy stuff and all of that like i go straight to like james bond and that's still like you you could still say that's still very 60s yeah there's bonds in every era from connery to dalton yeah, there is, but for some reason, mm-hmm. I was like, it's it's the eighties. They're pulling <laughs> on stuff from the eighties. Oh, I think when I think about New York and big business, I do also think about eighties movies. You know, like Gremlins yeah. Two, the new batch, my favorite film. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> which we have also covered on an episode of the review show. And I think I pitched. Out. I think I did pitch you Barbarella as an option for episode 69. <laughs> did you really? I think I did. Like, I knew the whole time. It's like, he's going to pick sex criminals. So who cares the other two things that I pitch? Interesting. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, then there is this whole thing with Barb with Barbarella, which I didn't understand. But I also was like, OK, I'm I like I know what Barbarella mm. is. I've heard. Yeah, heard of it. I haven't seen it. So them making all you know this in this big long joke of like it's basically Star Wars. <laughs> like it <laughs> uh, was like, huh? Kind of makes me want to go watch Barbarella to see how true that actually is. <laughs> um, but I, I think we were talking off mm-hmm. camera after you and I recorded the Captain's Log mm-hmm. this past week, uh, and you were explaining it, and I was like, yeah, the only thing. I think I know about Barbarella is that isn't there this big long sex scene like in space? Not, and, and, not exactly. 
Barbarella well, I mean, is a left. She's it's a, naked in, she, in a big. Okay. So she goes into her spaceship. Thing. She goes into her spaceship. She strips out of her spacesuit. She is floating around naked and the, the credits appear over all of the parts of her body. And then like, so That's she lives in this future where humanity has evolved. <laughs> humanity has evolved beyond sex. And when you want to get intimate with a partner, you just touch hands to each other and you take this pill that like simulates the feeling of sex Right. So she shows this to some team venture. It's like this, but I mean, I guess it could be. (laughs) (laughs) And like, she does this to some guy and he's like, um, uh, well, how about we try it the old fashioned way? And then she does it. And she's like, oh boy, old fashioned sex. And like the villain puts her in a sex piano. Like he puts her in this big contraption that like has keys on it and he's playing the keys and it hits different parts of her body. And she orgasms so hard. She breaks the machine. (laughs) (sighs) See, I I knew I was onto something with like there's sex and space and titties. It's still less (laughs) sexy than you hope it would be. Barbarella's like great in concept. I have watched the entire film. And I'm like, I wish there was more to this. Like, I feel like the <laughs> legend of Barbarella is better than actual Barbarella. I, I mean, there are comics you can go check out and stuff like that. Barbarella comics. Nice. I, we just need a new Barbarella for a new generation. <laughs> Bring back Barbarella. Right. More space titties. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so... Yeah, we we were talking about that. I I was more just mm. like I mean I I know Barbarella exists, but besides yeah. that, I, I you know I don't un- understand all of these Easter eggs and all of that stuff. Mm. So thank you for pointing all of that stuff out. Uh, I'm here to help. I have also listened to the DVD commentary for all of these, and there's some okay. interesting stuff in the commentary, including a very promising tease for season eight. So, you know, in the second to last episode where the monarch and 21 go play lawn darts with that guy from the peril partnership and this guy has stolen all of these various props and relics from like superhero and supervillain and past. And he's got a time Mm -hmm. machine. And then at the end of the episode, Doc and Billy come out of the time machine. Real briefly, so they're talking about like that a, and a strange, like, like Doctor Who style. Just like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like they just get out, yell. They distract the villain guy so that the lawn dart. He's not watching out for the lawn dart, and it comes down through his head, and that's how they vanquish the foe. And then they just go back in the time machine, and it, like you have no idea how they got there. Last you saw Doc and Billy, they were just flying overhead in a plane so you don't know how they got zapped into the time machine so this was like a one-off joke that i think doc hammer wrote into the episode jackson's like i can make something out of this you have to make sure that doc is missing a finger dr venture has to come out of that thing without a finger because i have something i want to make out of this so that (laughs) little blip of a weird joke that's it seems like that's going to be a whole thing because they come out of the time machine. He's <laughs> or at missing least a some like single a- 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 episode yeah. bit of, of just but like, this is good, what's going to happen. Part of it is they come out of there and they see the monarch and Dr. Venture says, Malcolm. And they're talking about in the commentary that like, yes, he knows that is his name, but he's known him as the monarch for so long. It wouldn't it be his instinct to just say, Oh, the monarch's here. And they're like, this is, 
he's been through something between the last time that we saw him and when he comes out of the time machine in a tuxedo with a Titanic lifesaver around his neck, missing a finger. Like he has come to be so familiar with Malcolm that he calls him Malcolm first time on instinct. So I don't, I am so excited to find out what the heck that whole storyline is. Is, is is that what they said that like he 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 is so uh, yeah you know in in intimate I, I guess if that's now the yeah. right word with mm. the monarch that he calls him Malcolm or is it a mystery as still like well, why yeah. would he call him Malcolm no like that's what they're saying like he has come to be okay. more familiar with the monarch and his more uh, human persona why like what have they been through like why is it his instinct to say that's malcolm and not to say that's the monarch yeah because like i i'm even wondering if like we know that dr venture is a clone what if one of the deaths of or, or like the original dr venture got stuck in a time machine and has just been this like doctor who style like <laughs> <laughs> like fixing things in t- in t- in time, so and he is the looking, original one. And we are they just looking at like, what happened? We need to clone my son. So things, you know, like. So this is Rusty Prime that has come yeah. out of the time machine with Maybe. who knows what version of Billy. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, I some Billy from the. F- f- the f- Does future. this have anything to do with the Duran Duran ball and its possible time and space powers? You know, honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them, especially if they're time traveling and like hopping around to like different times and different d- dimensions or who knows what. And right. they, d- I... they discover this magical ball and it is this. this thing that shows up throughout history and it's in a duran duran music video and all this stuff this is what's great about the show is that there's so many mysteries and you wonder if there was somebody because of course the audience doesn't know but you wonder if there was what sorry to yeah interrupt back in season what two three and four there was that whole thing with the orb what if this is the actual orb the actual orb is the please please tell me ball yes it's a red rubber bouncy ball with magical powers and we're gonna get to see that alternate universe doc from the from the end of everybody comes to hanks what what if that is oh my god melissa it all comes together It all comes together. What I was saying is that there's so many... hmm? Go ahead. Like, there's so many mysteries in the show that the audience doesn't know, but you wonder if some character does know them. Like, you get this in the last episode where the action man mentions that, at least to his knowledge... We need more Ben. Where's Ben Mm -hmm. when we need him that just knew that they were clones and stuff? Bring out uh, the, the New Zealand helper. Yeah. <laughs> but but the action man tells Hank that, at least to his knowledge, Hank and Dean's mom is an actress named Bobby St. Simone, <laughs> which s- makes sense, is either the truth or at least something Dr. Venture would say is the truth. Like, that seems like a name he might make up, but who knows? And this 
this is the first scrap of identity we've ever had for her. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's been this whole mystery about who Hank and Dean's mom is. And I have always suspected it's probably not anyone plot relevant. It's just some woman that broke Dr. Venture's heart. And like just left him with these boys and is like completely broken him. And that's why he never talks about her. It's just some woman he fell for. Passed away on some adventure that they had. Oh, well, well, the action man implies that like he like he couldn't let go of her. Like he kept pursuing her and she left town and changed her name. And that's what her new name is. She is now Bobby St. Simone. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if Rust or if 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 the original Doctor Venture knew that, and maybe that was also part of his globe trotting adventures of like trying to find her. More of like a where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, so when he's dragging yeah. the kids around to like Tijuana and the Sargasso to Sea and everybody, he's like, maybe I'll mom. find her again. Oof. Oh, He's painful. Like, Come on, gumshoes. We got this one. We can find her. <laughs> but this has been a major mystery of the show. And it turns out, like, yeah, the action man has known about this. He just hasn't told the boys. So I wonder, yeah. like, oh, does Doc know? Hey, Billy, do you know your mom used to be a superhero? Like, what things do other characters know that we are just waiting for them that, to tell somebody else? That seems to be a thing theme where like one character just knows something yeah. and just assumes it's common knowledge or assumes other people know mm-hmm. but they don't and yeah. so it, when they f- f- find out it's just like oh like you, you didn't know that your dad was a clone too right? like uh, oops you know <laughs> yeah and like i wonder uh how many people do know that the boys are clones because i've been thinking about this like uh like, do Billy and White go far enough back with Dr. Venture where even if he didn't tell them, like, they've noticed, like, shouldn't the boys be older by now? What, are we just now celebrating their 18th birthday? Shouldn't they be 20 or something like that? Yeah. Like, did was Nikki Fichtel so obsessed with Dr. Venture that she was tracking this? And she's like, no, Hank's 18 by now. I remember when my hero had his children. Like, who is following this closely enough that they're like, wait a minute, something's wrong? Yeah, there has to be someone. Um, Something else I was going to say with the whole time mm-hmm. machine thing. What if it's like a weird, awkward paradox thing where like they are their own like the monarch is actually like Rusty's actual father or or, or, or something or he, like <laughs> oh this is gonna turn into that episode of Futurama where Philip J. Fry is his own grandfather yeah <laughs> what if it's something like that, that man I don't know wild. I don't know like there's so much cloning like they could do a lot with cloning if they wanted to they could do a whole Star Wars joke with more Attack of the Clone style oh. stuff. They have Old Man Ben, who's this rec- rec- uh. rec- recluse who's out there, you know. Um, he, he could be some like Ben Kenobi style character. Like, I, I knew your father back in the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? 
So much stuff could this be happening. Good. Yeah, and like the season leaves good off show. with at least the monarch has been told you and Dr. Venture are blood relations. Like this is as much as we know. And they're talking about this in the commentary that they left it kind of vague. Oh, there's the scene where he goes into the tent where it's like, where the guild is like, you have the option. The choice is yours. You can go into the tent. You can kill Dr. Venture right here, right now. And we will cover everything up and there will be no consequences for you. And he mm -hmm. chooses not to kill him. It's like a test. But they're like, we left it kind of open-ended. Like, you don't know how long the two of them were in that tent. You don't know what they said to each other. Like, we left ourselves this blank space that we could fill in in the future as we needed to. And also the way, like, the monarch gets that information. Like, they said, we didn't show it. Like, you hear him yell, what? Like, from the outside of the spaceship. So it's like, we don't know, like... If that was whispered into his ear, we don't know if that was said out loud. So we don't know if like Dr. Venture was able to hear it or like a 21 or Dr. Mrs. The Monarch. Like, right. There's it's so fuzzy. Like, all we know is they are blood relations of some kind. And now the monarch knows this. And from yeah. here, we have to see exactly how they build on that and what the other details are. Yeah. So I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit confused with okay. the last three episodes and that okay. whole storyline. So I, I'm still kind of hazy on what happened with those ones. Because there there did seem to be some like weird time tra traveling stuff. It, the, there was the that's when they were making all of the like Star Wars Barbarella comparisons. Mm. Like I like I liked the episodes, but for some reason my brain was just not really following along with what okay. happened so i have here in this quarantine time when i need something to focus on i need a coping mechanism i've watched through all of season seven twice and then another time with commentary and then i went back i've watched the safrax protocol three times and then another time with commentary <laughs> so oh, let man. me see all if right, i can so, help you out so what happened okay all right, so the episode before that, in the forecast manufacturer, so there's this uh -huh. giant snowstorm that they figure out, um, I think like the OSI or somebody figures out, this is man-made. And Dr. Venture, we're sending you in there to go figure it out, and he brings Billy along. And they have to stop this weather machine that's putting this giant, like, three-foot-deep blizzard across New York City. And uh, the weather machine, and then at the same time, uh, the guild is sending Monarch and 21 on a mission to take down the leader of the Peril Partnership, who's like another, they're like a B-grade Guild of Calamitous intent, you know? They're like the RC yeah. Cola to the Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola that is the guild, kind of. But they've been like trying to usurp their power, like sending in moles, and they're like, we're taking out the Peril Partnership. So that's what Monarch and 21 are going over there to do. And then I think that's like... I don't know how related that is. I think that is related to the weather machine. Like that's all part of one deal together. And at least it's operating in the same physical space. Like mm -hmm. Doc and Billy are flying around over where the Monarch and 21 are. And then, uh, okay, so there's all the snow on the ground and Hank can't get a hold of his girlfriend, Serena. We haven't talked about Serena yet. Serena is a great addition to the show. She's I fantastic, really appreciate yeah. her. He can't get a hold of her, so... You know, based on his own childhood experiences, he's like, oh, she's been kidnapped, uh, replaced with a robot, attacked by ninjas, all of this stuff. 
so he goes out into the snow to try, he's going to walk to go find her. And he hits his head on a light post and he, he falls down like he's got a concussion and the scare bear comes to pick him up who was a one-off gag villain we saw in season four, who's just a silent person in a dirty bear costume holding a bloody knife, has never spoken. We don't know this person's deal. But they pick up Hank like they know where they're going. Like they've got Hank, they're carrying him, and they take him to uh, Dean's dorm, because Dean is in college and he decided to live on campus to get away from all the superhero, supervillain nonsense. Right. Like the bear takes Hank there and like Serena has slept with Dean. Like they both go to the same college. Like we've seen them interact before and like they just slept together. And Hank is like so freaked out by this. Plus the fact that he hit his head on a light post that he just passes out. He just loses consciousness. And then the next episode, he's in the hospital. He's in a coma. And while he's in a coma, he's like in a purgatory state. Yeah. And he and his... he thinks he's in heaven and in his world, heaven would take the form of the empire strikes back back, back in episode three, back in arrears in science, the action man had a stroke and has also been in a coma and off screen. A couple episodes ago, the villain Phineas Phage, who's one of these guild of calamitous intent guys also was in an accident. So those two are also in comas. So we have three unrelated characters that are in comas at the same time that are all sharing the same coma dream space. And to Hank, it looks like the Empire Strikes Back. And to the Action Man, it looks like Barbarella. So all the imagery is a mix of those two things. And then at the end, Hank decide, like Hank makes himself wake up. He leaves the hospital. And he runs away. And he's going to go off and like find out who he truly is. And like develop an identity and grow up. And that's how the season ends. And he's like, and call me Batman. <laughs> yeah, and like the end, and the ending is like. Um, speaking of Sam Raimi from our past episode, the ending yep. is an homage to Dark Man. When Dark Man turns around at the end of the movie, and he's got another different face. <laughs> <sighs> so dumb. Okay, does this make sense to you? So yeah, that that makes sense. It, it for some reason it just felt like there was more going on in the midst of all, all of that and so mm-hmm. i was just like wait a minute like i'm i feel like i'm missing something here but i there are guess not oh there are questions like who is scare bear where did scare bear go is that going to be like an actual plot point or is this just like kind of a weird mystic jokey thing that oh remember that one-off joke villain that you know they're going to show up and carry Hank to where he needs to be. I was watching a video. There was a theory that's like, "Oh, that's Hank from the future inside that costume." Right, because at the end, we've seen a time machine. Right, because you know, at you the know. end of the episode, Dean's like, "Try," like the nurse comes in, and, he's, and she's like, "He's gone." I mean that he left his bed and we don't know where he is. He is physically gone. We presume he's still alive. And Dean runs out there and he like grabs a guy who looks like Hank from the back. And the guy turns around and he does really look like Hank. Because normally that joke goes like, oh, you just look like this person from behind. And from the front, you look completely different. No, that looks like Hank with like a beard and a mustache. That's That's a real close Hank model. So people were theorizing like, 
is this Hank from the future? Is this an earlier version of Hank that Doc thought was dead, but really he uh, survived and is still Escaped out there something. and has yeah. continued to age, which is why he looks a little older? There's so much going on. There's so I love much. it. But then in the midst of all of this, you get Dean talking to Hank like uh, while he's in the coma. It's like he's written a letter, like 124 reasons why I am a crap brother. And it's it is one of the most touching parts of the entire series. It's just Dean talking to Hank while he's unconscious mm-hmm. and like telling him all these secrets. Like, did you know uh, like I did you know dad's a clone? Did you know Dermot is our half brother and his mom is that woman you lost your virginity to? All of these things. And it's so it's so sweet. Like Dean says, you know how they say we come into this world alone and we die alone? Well, we came into this world together, Hank. So I need you to come back to me. Yeah. It's so, it's so sweet. I It's good stuff. I really like that turn in the boys' storyline because something I've been noticing mm-hmm. is that there's not very much conflict between Hank and Dean. Like they bicker a little bit. They have their times when like they're that aloof. Brotherly conflict, yeah, but it's but not there's, like true yeah like there's nothing major and i i noticed that and i was kind of waiting like is this something like the next season's going to bring to us and i like that there is this event that happens between them but it's not done with malice like it's truly painted as they just screwed up and made a mistake like this it doesn't paint dean or serena as the bad guy in this Mm -hmm. which i really appreciated like it's just painted as whoops like we had a moment of weakness and we did this and we're sorry And like, you can kind of see that Hank kind of accepts that. Like, he's like, I think I remember my brother sleeping with my girlfriend, but like, he doesn't seem upset. And like, I, I like to see how well adjusted they are and how they are determined to work through this together. But I am also excited. Like, oh, we get some form of a conflict between the two of them. Like, what is this going to turn into? Yeah. I don't know, man. (laughs) We'll have to wait and see. Do they have any word out on when season eight is supposed to be coming? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, but season seven aired in fall 2018. So about October a year 7th, and a half. 2018. Yeah, so about a year and a half ago now. So it's typically two to three se- years between seasons. You know, uh, it's a New York based uh, like part of it's made in New York, so I don't know. <laughs> like every yeah. everything is delayed right now. Everything is delayed, so I wouldn't imagine we'd get anything before like late twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean, but th- that that would still forever. mean it's it's like that that three year mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who knows? We'll see. <sighs> we shall see. So um, what do you? I'm mm. tr- trying to think if there's anything else I want to mention before we wrap it up. What do you think is going to happen in season eight? Like, where do you see the story going or what do you want to see from the story? Cause now we're on an even playing field. We can both theorize together. Yeah. N- I mean, I, I still want to see more like tangible confirmation that, Rusty and the Monarch are brothers and yeah. they, you know, just like 
What is them? <laughs> what yeah, are they? I uh, understand. That's a, I I like digging into more of the the like mysteries of all, all of this stuff because mm-hmm. even when season seven opened up, I think, and you see the flash back of Jonas discovering the crash site and all that stuff yeah. like it seemed like they were uncovering a mystery mm-hmm. and i really liked that um and as much as i, I like all of the osi stuff I, I i want that stuff to continue but i also want them to kind of maybe you know scoop back into that original well of like these guys mm. were boy adventurers yeah. like i want them to go on an adventure at least for a couple or just like one big adventure that is kind of intertwined into that whole season mm-hmm. um I, I i want that i want more who are how are uh rusty <laughs> and the monarch related yeah i don't know like the the, the whole time traveling stuff is interesting me because of course i really like yeah time travel stuff i have no idea i I (laughs) think i'm at a space where i'm just like this show is going somewhere and i'm just along for the ride right and it's i've noticed that there's there's less of a looming villainous threat right now than we've had previously because a lot of the villains have kind of been diffused phantom limb isn't really a threat wide whale isn't really a threat like, who else is still out there? I don't remember if Monstroso is completely dead or not. Uh, Molotov is still out there as some sort of OSI agent now, which happened in, like, midway in season five, and they haven't picked it back up yet. Like, I don't know who our next big foe is. Maybe it's still, maybe they're not totally done with the peril partnership yet. Like, there's... Yeah, because they, they've kind of been on the outskirts they, mm. they were like, okay, we know about them. We know they're kind of a joke. There was that whole, like, love story romance thing between the <laughs> r- 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 robot dude. And then it was like, your belt says pee-pee on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I liked their little storyline. I liked that bonus. Like, remember these two joke side characters from the last season? They're back and you're going to follow their love story. Yeah. Um like I, I think I would like that, or, or just like what, what? Do you remember what happened to um? Oh, what you called it was what was mm-hmm. the group that? Oh, the Revenge Society. Yeah, is that it? They are what, also what kind of diffused. I don't remember exactly what happened to everybody, because uh, that all happens in all this in Gargantua too, which is a lot going on. I, I've also been, I need to go back and watch it because I don't even remember if like Professor no. Impossible and Baron Underbite are still alive, or if like did they die in that? Like who all is dead? Who all is just sort of like injured and brushed under the rug, and we'll pick them back up when we need to pick them back up. Yeah. Who knows? I think- yeah, yeah. I'm most excited for the more mythology around the Venture family lineage. 
Yeah. Like who all is a Fincher? How are they all related? Is there some sort of grander scheme to this? The relationships on the show are like the most exciting part to me. Like I'm excited for the answers, but also like the the fault the emotional fallout that those answers will have. Like what does it mean if uh Doc and the monarch find out that they are brothers now. What does that mean for the people around them? You know, Mm -hmm. like is the monarch going to look at the boys differently now that he knows those are his nephews? (laughs) I also, (laughs) another great development is the part in in one episode this season where Dean writes the monarch a check for a million dollars to get him to go away. Yeah. There's so like there's so much going on and like everybody is so close to each other, but their relationships are so amorphous and intangible. And I would appreciate like exploration of that and like narrowing it down. Like uh, another thing we didn't really get to talk about is the relationship between Monarch and Twenty One, mm-hmm. and how like when we started season five like. 21's off trying to do his own thing. He can't get it started. He kind of misses his own life, his old life, and he goes back to the monarch and Dr. Misses the monarch. And the three of them all live together in the monarch's childhood home. And like, he's like even closer. Like he's the only one left now. He's still calling himself henchman 21, but he's the one henchman. Like he's the second in command of the whole thing. And when they have the, the level 10 ceremony, it's, they give him the option of you can step aside and be your own villain. We'll put, we'll introduce you at level four. Like you've got a big leg up on this. Like you could really be taken seriously. And he's like, no, I don't want to. Like, I want to keep doing this with my parent. Right. And we've got this development where it's like these two actively say we are best friends and they have this, it's almost like they're married. Like they're in the serum. Hmm. What if, 21 becomes the main bad guy in season eight because as it comes out that uh the adventure and the monarch are related maybe they like stop wanting to arch one another and all of that stuff and if the that is i mean that is the reason that 21 states that he's there he's like i just want to help him with his hatred and if that hatred is no longer there then what does that say about his identity maybe he's like hey, maybe I will take you up on all of that. Yeah, like if he's in a position where he is like, because the monarch has one goal and it's to arch Dr. Venture. And if that is neutralized, is he a villain and is 21 a henchman anymore? Like, what is he going to want out of his life if that mission is taken away? Like, where is he going to want to, what else is he going to do? Like, that's his whole Mm -hmm. identity. It says hench for life tattooed across his stomach. And the two of them are like professionally married to each other in a ceremony with like a commitment statement. And they're both wearing suits. Like, what does that turn into? If the whole point of the thing, which is to arch Dr. Venture is taken away from it. Right. Like I want to explore these things. I, I just want to look deeper into like every relationship on the show. I want to find out what it's like for Billy and white to pretend to be together for Billy's mom. And like, where are you both emotionally at with that? And then doc found out about it. Like, has he been teasing them? Is he been like, are you sure this is all fake? Like what, what's that happening? We're going to see the boys grow up. Dean might date that Spider-Man who knows. Oh man. Uh, 
let's see. I don't think I have really anything else I want to mention other than, gee, that eyes wide shut episode <laughs> was sure weird. God, and I have a million things to say about everything. So you can just stop me when you are done with this. But that Eyes Wide Shot episode is the closest. And this series is like it's been going on forever. It's undergone like really big turns and changes. That is Mm -hmm. the closest it comes to jumping the shark. And then it backs away like, oh, no. Like, of course, we would never do this. Yeah, that's his that's his dream sequence. This isn't really happening. Like, this is the only time I've been watching the show. Like, is is this what they're doing now? And then it's a dream sequence at the end. I'm like, oh. I, I should have trusted you. I'm in good hands. Like, you know what you're doing and you know how not to shake I mean, up your story too much. It is like I in, in the whole world of like boy adventuring and mm-hmm. superheroes and stuff like that. Like, I don't put it past them to make a cult story and just yeah. like there is some secret cults out out there that could be a villain for season eight and hmm. maybe he's having this dream because as a boy like he had a couple run-ins with this oh. weird mysterious cult and he doesn't really know what they are or who they are like that so dream just, is based off real experiences he has had it's based off real experiences, but it's 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 this weird like dream thing, which ended up being a spoof on the eyes wide shut scene. But in yeah. real life, that's not what the cult is like. They're not just all naked and <laughs> having sex and all of that stuff. It's, but orphans. like that could be a thing. Like there is some secret cult in the back around behind behind all of this, and it's always scared him for some reason, yeah. and he doesn't know why. Um, yeah, who knows? This show could really pull anything out and it turn really it because because we, we've seen it happen already. They're co- like the last couple seasons have been. Hey, remember the seemingly insignificant thing from forever ago that you don't really remember? That's a big deal now, and you're sitting there like it is a big deal now. I like you. Everything is so sincere and compelling with mm-hmm. this show. Like when it's really silly, you're invested. And when they're turning something silly and making it into something serious, you're really invested. Yeah. Oh, interesting show. It's fantastic. I am glad that I watched it. Cannot wait for season eight whenever it may come. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a great show. Yeah, yeah. Great, great show. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was a really good rewatch for me. I'm glad, like, this coincide. Like, times are terrible, but I'm glad I accidentally scheduled myself to rewatch my entire favorite show at this time. It's like, yeah. oh, good. I've got venture energy to, like, surround me and carry me through. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, Okay. I think that about wraps us up for this one. Yeah. Did you want to do any recommendations? Because I went back and listened to the first episode oh, you did, and you thought about doing like recommendations then and then recommendations at the end after you had finished the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really remember what I recommended at the start. I think it I was think like it was, The Tick. And uh, it was Quantum and Woody. Like superior foes of spider-man i think maybe um 
so yeah, now now having watched the show, uh, I don't like I I'm I'm not coming up with anything that is like this is a similar style show mm-hmm. of like like the mix of comedy and action and lore and all that stuff. But I I I can point two things like hey if you like these aspects of yeah. this stuff it's like maybe maybe you would like this show mm-hmm. um i'm also kind of currently slowly rewatching star wars rebels oh. right now um so if if you do like good a- a- action and characters that have a lot of depth to them that you find out you know as the as the story can continues star wars clone wars and star wars rebels is fantastic mm-hmm. um they're they're both phenomenal and some of if not the best star wars out there um that would be one that i recommend um oh man uh there's a comic that i've been meaning to read meaning to pitch on the review mm-hmm. show at some point that i've never read yet uh it's called next wave okay uh, and it's i believe in the marvel universe and it is kind of a spoof on superhero comics and it's comedy and they just make fun of a whole bunch of stuff from what i've been told mm-hmm. uh, but everyone i know that has read the book or comic book podcast that i know that have read it or or stuff like that rave that it is a fantastic book it is hilarious uh and stuff like that and i i guess with it just being a comedy and being a spoof uh in a world where all of that stuff actually happens right where like there are super heroes and stuff there like it, it it might match up with this one too so yeah I, I I think those would be my uh, recommendations. I would recommend something I've recommended a couple times before. It's another old favorite of mine. It's the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast. Okay, which uh, a lot of a lot of it I think is paywalled right now, so I don't think it's terribly easy to go listen to for free. But it's absolutely worth it. This was a podcast in the style of old time radio dramas uh and it's got a bunch of different stories under that banner like there is a superhero story called captain laser beam there's a space mm-hmm. western called sparks nevada marshall on mars there's a, a supernatural hunting show called beyond belief it's got all kinds of stuff and this has uh, a lot a lot of the same cast members you're gonna hear like most of the same voices between these two shows this is another thing I loved in like season six. They're like, hey, we're going to bring out uh, a bunch of your favorite old work juice players. I'm like, great. This is this is the ideal. Thank you very much for Good giving stuff. this to me. Uh, it's really funny. Uh, it's got a similar combination of pop culture pastiche. And we're going to start building our own thing. Get a little bit of mythology in here, and it's always like super character and relationship based. Really funny, really, really charming and heartwarming. So if you can get a hold of Thrilling Adventure Hour, I definitely recommend it. And then two comics that have a a similar arc of we're gonna start in a very silly place 
and then we're going to turn into something deep and emotional and painful and oh no this is so serious and it hurts i'd say what continue i just came up with one more recommendation that i will say after yours uh i'd say his earlier mentioned sex criminals has a similar arc where it's just goofy and irreverent and then it's like oh there's real emotion back here and Mm -hmm. uh i've been thinking about nimona lately which is a great one another like really good superhero supervillain story about the relationships between them about the relationship between like villain and minion about the structure that like supports villain and hero relationships uh that also starts as more of a goofy adventure pastiche and becomes more and more involved and gets higher stakes uh, my last recommendation is going to be the Flintstones comics. Oh, uh, heck! From like, oh, yeah. it was like what, 2014, 2015, I think, is when Maybe. they came out. There's like two or three v- v- volumes. It's not much, uh, but oh, holy moly, that story is great. Uh, you you think it's just going to be like a retelling of of what you know and love from the Flintstones cartoons but it goes some places that are mm-hmm. dark and emotional Ooh. and it has some great comedy at the same t- time it's like this is this is hilarious this is really nice. funny um but it's just this surprising tw- not not t- twist or not it's it's not a reimagining it's still the Flintstones you remember mm-hmm. but it's just like i i didn't know it could be this funny or this emotional or stuff like that so i would highly recommend that one too that's a good pitch yeah um so as a as a special treat listeners of the podcast and you kyle know that at the end of every year i make a big playlist with a song to represent everything we've covered on the review show like it's a song from the TV or movie or whatever. And if it doesn't have anything, I uh, make up, uh, I find a song yes. that represents yes. it for me. So last two years I've made these big weird hodgepodge playlists. I decided that this year, since we are covering entire series in these dedicated, like longer episode series, uh, I made a whole playlist just for venture brothers. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So we can link to that if you would like. It's 30 songs and I mm-hmm. spent a lot of time curating this thing. Yeah, send me and the link and I will put the link in the uh, show notes of the podcast and in the description on YouTube and on our website. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. And uh, this isn't the only show we are doing this episode podcast episode format with. It's just the first one we started with. So the next show that we are covering. We're going to take it one season uh, per podcast episode a month, and we're going to watch through the whole series. Next, we are covering Mr. Robot. Yeah. I'm real excited about that one. Yeah. Uh, I have have seen season one, and it's phenomenal. I have not seen any of it, but I hear about it a lot, and I'm very excited to find out what it is. So I guess uh, in a couple weeks, we'll be recording about episode one and the series wrapped up last year with four seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think all of it last time I checked is on Amazon Prime. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. That's going to be last, whatever the last Sunday in April is, mm. is when we're going to be recording that one. So it'll be out that following Wednesday. If that happens to be in 
April, it'll be in April. If not, it'll be like right at the start of March there. May. Um, so, or yeah, that, <laughs> that, that one. I don't know how time works. Yeah, well, we're on our own time travel adventure. We have our own please, please tell me ball. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm super excited about this one because th- this is like the type of show that's right up my a- a- alley mm-hmm. and it's pulling f- f- from a lot of my favorite movies and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, this is great. I'm like right at home here with all of this. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah I've it- only seen season one, so I'm excited to actually finish the show. Yeah. Um, It'll be fun stuff. to check in with us and go through it together. Exactly. And our next episode in the Review Show podcast, uh, originally, months ago, in a, in a different, innocent time, you were planning on being out of town. Now uh, you're inside your one room that you are allotted to. You're not going anywhere. But originally yeah. the plan was that I was going to have a friend on uh, as my co-host for this episode, and we're still going to do that. This is going to be like kind of a a dry run for me leading the, all the technical parts of the podcast myself. And you're going to sort of be in the background as a producer coaching me through it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was going to be out of town. Uh, last year you did a reactor core episode uh, on star Wars, the force awakens. Uh, Not, and that no, was the, nope. Nope. Rise Skywalker. That one again. Yeah, I don't know how one. time works. Right. It's um, 2015. um but you you did like a spoiler cast on Mm. on that and that was the very very first ever podcast in the like four and a half year history of the whatnots that i have not been on yeah Uh, and it was fantastic uh but because i was not there and i didn't really prepare you i don't really think it had our like intro or exit music no uh, it was posted it it had like a weird thumbnail until i could get home and fix it and do all that stuff so uh i'm i'm gonna be sending melissa some assets to make all of that stuff happen so that if i am ever out of town she will have some practice putting it all together and stuff like that um we still have a couple details that you and I need to work mm-hmm. out off, 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 off mic here. But yeah, I'm excited that I get to kind of take a back seat and just if if I I won't say much, I I will watch the thing or read the thing with with you guys. Okay. But, uh, I I I won't say much, and if uh, you guys have something to 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 ask me, I will chime in. Or if I see something wrong, like you guys are wrong, stop. <laughs> It's actually this thing. <laughs> then I will. Then I'll. I'll. I'll ch- chime in and say something. <laughs> yeah, this uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker episode I recorded was just me and my friend Jack both talking into one microphone, and I recorded it in Audacity and just emailed it to you. Uh, she's going to be our guest again. And we're going to do, like, we're all going to stream in. We're all going to, like, Skype in. I'm going to, like, try and stream it. I'm going to do, like, the everything Kyle tries to do. I'm going to try to do too. I'm just going to, this is the dry run for me being the Kyle. If Kyle is ever really not here to step in and do the Kyle things. So I let a uh, guest of honor, Jack pick what we uh, pitch, what we're going to be covering next week. And she sent me a list of three recent best original screenplay Oscar winners. 
Okay. Yeah. And the list was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm-hmm. Get Out, and the most recent one, Parasite. And I picked Parasite because this movie go. swept the Oscars when Best Original Screenplay, Best Foreign Language Film, Best Film, the number yeah. one, got a ton of stuff. And I have no idea what it's about. Like, I have the tiniest sense of this film. So I was really excited to go into this huge acclaimed movie completely blind. And in a twist of good fortune, it is coming to Hulu this week. So I don't even have to pay for it. Perfect. Yeah. It's going to be on Hulu on April 8th. So just in time for me to watch it before recording this podcast next week. Good stuff. Uh, Yeah. So just to, to make sure we reiterate all of that stuff next week. Yes. Parasite. Uh, and then at the end of the month, we will be covering season one of Mr. Robot. Yep. Yep. Oh. Lots of podcast news to get out yeah. there. We're out here trying new things, making moves. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, I do think that this has worked out really well. Your idea yeah. of like once a month, let's just cover a show uh, one season at a time or like one big chunk at the t- t- time it's worked out fantastically so yeah good stuff okay let's get out of here for real because we're we've almost been recording for two hours um so but the, it it was a good conversation yeah. and all of that uh melissa where can the people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t and i resurrected my old tumblr <laughs> to go desperate times call right, for desperate I, measures <laughs> well it was uh the the url is cartoonology i used to run a cartoon specific tumblr blog in college and i go. resurrected it to go look for uh venture brothers content now that i have caught up with the series so you can go over there and it's just venture stuff it's all venture now talk to me about venture things cool uh, you guys can find me online and on Twitter and Instagram at Yo Kyle Springer. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with all of our shows, we are at the Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Stay home. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Be safe. Um, do all that stuff. Uh, I guess we will see you guys next week with Parasite. This has been episode 101 yeah. of the review show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Eat the pennies. <laughs>